Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we're starting a brand new series, Trials of Apollo, with chapters 1 through 4 of The Hidden Oracle. New book, new series. A series that I have never read, so it's going to yeah. be very raw. I'm planning on reading only the chapters as we do them, so okay. you're going to get my raw reactions. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna be like, we should probably go over what we decided with that. Okay, so you're doing interesting. This will be interesting. Then you can make predictions along the way. Yes, and I have a feeling <laughs> that they're going to be wrong. So this will be very fun. I love for that. You. Maybe you can just embrace it and make them like as absurd as possible. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's our signature for everything we do. <laughs> and we'll be doing, like, four chapters at a time, but we did decide if if we realize that it's going too slow, then we'll, like, bump it up to six. Yeah. I mean, like to be that. fair, they're shorter chapters. These might be shorter episodes. I think that's, yeah. that's okay with this, I think this so. series, at least. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Especially after the monster that was Heroes of oh the Olympus. I think this is, it's nice to go back to more reasonably sized books yeah. for children. One narrator, mm-hmm. one perspective. It's nice. I hope that there isn't more than like, you know, one prophecy per book. Yeah, I think it's just one per book. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember. Hmm. <laughs> I guess we'll find out together. <laughs> That's exciting. So fun. Anyways, how was your how was your break from podcasting? <laughs> it was good. I mean, not having to do a book report is always nice, but mm. I did miss it. I did miss uh, our weekly chats. So yeah. it's nice to be back and have a consistent schedule again. I was out of the country for six weeks, so Ooh. it was a long time living out of a suitcase. So I'm very glad to be back in my home. Yes. Yes. Got any good stories to share with the listeners over your break? <laughs> um, so my cousin's kids are super, super cool, super cute. Um, and one of them, well, two of them are really into the Percy Jackson series. Mm-hmm. And so they found out that I like the Percy Jackson series. And so it was very cute to kind of go over information with them. I did have to remind them not to spoil this series because they were very excited to have discussions about it Mm. um and then I have a younger uh nephew who's six the the, these are like nine and thirteen and a six-year-old really wanted to join this discussion so he tried to read the books for the first time did not understand it but it was very cute that he was trying Mm-hmm. It was very fun. Um, but they found the podcast, so when they eventually, if they make it <laughs> totally out. hearing, I know, if they make it through and listen to all of these episodes and get to episode 82 of my voice. Um, they don't lose all respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, my uh, cousin was like, oh, I like, what's your podcast? I'll show it to the boys. And I was like, oh, I want, I want that. You're like, I want a <laughs> like, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Also, nine is very young. <laughs> yeah. I know. I hope if there's not a lot of nine. <laughs> go away. Well, don't go away. <laughs> Nicely, go away. Please, please make sure your parents know you're listening to us. Yeah. Yeah. We have an E next to our podcast. 
That's true. It's for Aaron. <laughs> it's warning you of Aaron. E for excellent. <laughs> that was my break. What about you? Um, I was just chilling. You like, moved? I did move. I moved to location locations. I didn't move, like, far. I just moved no. to a new dwelling, um, which was a lot of work. And I was, like, thinking, I was, like, Manus is, like, I went out of the country for six weeks, and I'm, like, I started going to acupuncture. (laughs) Oh, how's that going? It's actually good. I have, like, a lot of pain in my body. (laughs) I'm held together by the tension. Um, So it's been good. I'm poking needles into myself. And I moved, so I guess that's a thing. (laughs) That must have added to the tension. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have this fear. I don't know if it was like in a Final Destination movie. It Mm. had to be. But it's like acupuncture and then they roll off the table and land on the needles. And so it's always scary. I know that's not how the the needles are way too thin and that's not how they are. But it's always scared me. (laughs) Unlocked a new fear. Yeah. Enjoy acupuncture. I don't have to roll off the table. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, I, it was a it was it was a fine break. It was restful. Um, I'm excited to do my book reports again. I was texting Monisa about like how many chapters to do at a time, and I just keep trying to give myself more homework. Like I'm like, actually, we should do like thirty at a time. Like you know, I feel like I'm gonna be like, we should actually do the whole book all at once because one I love sitting. homework. I just love it. Apparently, I like you to torture myself. It. I yeah. have missed it. Oh, my glory days. Imagine if we got graded on this. You'd be thriving academic validation. But what if they didn't like me, Ben? <laughs> the professors? <laughs> the professors of this book report? Professor Zeus. Zeus likes all women. Zeus likes any women. And I have a harder time. Fair. I feel like Professor Athena would be a little harder to impress with this content. <laughs> I feel like you would color code something and then she'd give you an A. Mm, yeah, that's good. I should start color coding. <laughs> Anyways, we are going to start Trials of Apollo. So I think off the bat, what are, what, do you know any spoilers for Trials of Apollo? What, um, I know that know? Will and Nico are in a relationship when okay. whenever we see them. I think, okay. I don't know if we see them in this book or if it's a later book. Mm-hmm. Um. I know that Piper and Jason and Leo and Calypso show up. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've heard that Leo and Calypso are not great. Like <laughs> Leo's, I think, possessive or he's somehow annoying with his relationship, yeah. which is a, an, an unfortunate yeah. character, yeah, trait that he's added. Um, I know that Percy and Annabeth aren't really in it very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this episode, we I. I was really surprised to see Percy show up so fast. It's to get us, to reel us all in. I know, honestly. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they did with Heroes of Olympus. It works, too. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do I know? No, that's literally it. That's all I know. Sweet. That's exciting. And then yeah. that's a reminder to the to the listeners that if you have anything that you want to talk about that includes a spoiler, to just like put at the beginning of your message or your email that it's a spoiler so we know and ideally like what book you know because once once we get into it and we're like a few books in 
It doesn't matter if you spoil the first few books because we'll have read it. But yeah, yeah, that's just a little a reminder for that. And as you send in questions too to try to mark like what episode it's for, because we've just been like saving all the Trials of Apollo questions. And yes, I haven't we'll bring them up. Them. As I've just marked them and put them aside. So if you emailed me and you've included anything to do with Trials of Apollo in your email, I have tried not to look at it. So sorry for not responding to them. <laughs> We're blacklisting anyone who mentions yeah. Trials of Apollo. No, it's Sorry. just going to a special little folder. Yeah. All right. Well, Are you should ready? we get into it? Yeah. Let me tell you a quick summary of what we're talking about today. First four chapters, we get to meet Lester, which is the worst name ever for a former god. We get introduced mm-hmm. to a new demigod, and we see what's going on with our favorite boy. We miss him. We miss him we so much. Him. Yeah. Are we going to read the haikus? <laughs> oh, I have not included them. Let me grab my book. Okay, okay. I have a physical book this time. You have? Oh, yeah, you bought the physical book. That's so fun. I'll start off with chapter one. Hoodlums punch my face. I would smite them if I could. Mortality blows. Wow. Mm. So literary. So the opening line of this book, I think, is really good. It's, my name is Apollo. I used to be a god. I guess that's two lines, but that's fine. Mm. So we enter into the story in media res, finding that Apollo has crash landed in a dumpster. And also his name is not Apollo anymore. Instead, he is stuck in the mortal body of a teenage boy, which sounds awful. Mm. This is all because Zeus blames Apollo for everything that happened in the last series and the war with the giants. And his name, according to his driver's license, which I thought was really funny that Zeus took the time to make a fake license for Apollo. Mm. He was like, I gotta make sure you can drive legally. He didn't want to have this kid call him and be like, Dad, I need a ride. So he yeah. gave him, at least he gave him the ability to drive. And he wanted to make sure he was like, you're not old enough to drink. You're not old enough to vote. I'm going to make you just old enough to drive, nothing else. Yeah. It was part of the punishment. But yeah. his name on his driver's license is Lester Papadopoulos, which he says is torture in itself, having that name. Apollo, or Lester, I don't know what I'm going to call him. I think I'm just going to switch. I called him Apollo the entire okay. time. That feels yeah. re- better to me. Than Lester. Lester. Yeah. <laughs> um, he can't quite remember all the details of his sen- sentencing, He isn't sure how long he's stuck for or what he's supposed to do on Earth to regain Zeus's favor and become a god again. All he knows is that everything is unfair, which is very much playing into his whole teenage boy thing. He's very much acting like a teenage boy. To be fair, I feel like he was a teenage boy even though he wasn't. He, like, chose to be, like, 17 years old, right? Yeah. He presented himself. Yeah, his sister chose to be, like, 12, and he was, like... He wants to be a teen. Yeah. Yeah, but he wanted to be like a hot teen and he's now stuck as an awkward, realistic teen. Mm. Mm. The torture. So Lester tries to get up and get his bearings, but of course he's met by two, the two natural inhabitants of the alleyway dumpster, which is teenage thugs. (laughs) And their (laughs) names are Mikey and Cade, who promptly knock him out and try to steal his money. So chapter two... The haiku. A girl from nowhere completed my embarrassment. Stupid bananas. 
Lester, or Apollo, is sufficiently beaten up by the alleyway thugs, and we find out that they are working for some boss that specifically sent them to Lester, stating that he would be loaded, which is kind of funny because he's not. He just has, like, his wallet with his bad ID photo. He demands- Well, I loved that he had $100, and he was like, this is lunch money, and it kind of reminded <laughs> me of Arrested Development, which he's like, Michael, how much could a banana cost? $12? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lunch money. How much could lunch cost? A hundred dollars? Well, you know, in this economy. Yeah. <laughs> He's in New York. He is in New York. It's lunch money. That is funny. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So he demands to know who the thug's boss is, and they beat him up some more, but then a savior appears, which is a small 12-year-old girl with rhinestone cat-eye glasses who kind of looks like very feral. She claims that this is her alleyway, and she makes the rules, and that whatever money Lester has belongs to her. She attacks them with banana peels then, like an absurd amount of banana peels and rotten fruit, to the point that Apollo, Lester, whatever, is like, there's something demigodly going on with this person. But he doesn't put two and two together or anything. He doesn't try to figure out who the parent is. He's just like, oh yes, rotted fruit equals power. <laughs> and so that she attacks him with the banana peels and gets them to run away and when left alone with Lester she asks if he's really Apollo because she overheard him claiming to the thugs that he was Apollo before they beat him up she introduces herself as Meg and Apollo intuits that she must have some sort of demigod power since she attacked the, the thugs with rotten fruit Apollo then asks for her help she tells him that they're in Manhattan and he thinks that he needs to get to Camp Half-Blood but since he's, he's stuck in a mortal body, like no demigod powers, nothing, he won't be able to find it without a guide. Because as we remember, like, Rachel was the only one, like, Rachel could find it because she had her special mortal eyes that could see through the also, mist. Also, she was with demigods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he gets a grand idea and asks Meg to help him get to the Upper East Side and in exchange he'll reward her. He explains to her, like, this has happened before. He's been stuck as a mortal before. Zeus usually requires him to work as a servant to an important demigod. So he has to get to camp and figure out which demigod he should be working for. But Meg is like, a demigod, you say? And then she immediately is like, I'm Meg McCaffrey and I claim your service. And then thunder rumbles in the sky and it appears that Apollo is now bound to this young feral demigod. And he's just like, this is part, this is the punishment. This is the cherry on top. Thanks, dad. She knows that she's a demigod, but she won't tell Apollo how she knows that. And then Apollo says that they must go find their guide to camp, who he says is Percy Jackson. Gotta name drop Percy in chapter one. Keep us all interested. Chapter two. Chapter two, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. So give us a little bit of a, like, maybe he won't show up in this book. His, like, story is over, but just kidding. This is a Percy Jackson series. So. We're going to pull him back into this. Yes. Which um, is the vibe. My, it is the vibe. I respect yeah. it. Rick found something that works. It gets our attention. It's good. It's good. I love to see Percy. Um, my only note is, like, I love his narration. Like, he's so stuck up, and he's just constantly like, how dare he put me in this body and, like, a hundred dollars? That's just lunch money, and I find it very endearing. You love an obnoxious man sometimes. Yeah. As long as yeah. they're comical. I love it when they're comical. They're not, like, problematic. They're just, you know, 
funny. <laughs> and there's suffering, which helps the comedy. Yeah, exactly. I love to see men suffer. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, I have chapters three through four, so I'll start with the haiku. Used to be gaudy, now uptown feeling shoddy. Bah, haiku don't rhyme. It's really good. his best work. He's yeah, really say. doing well, yeah. I'm also imagining Rick trying to come up with these. <laughs> he has to come up with like 40 for each book. Each book. Yeah. Just like smashing his head against the desk trying to count all the syllables to make sure they fit. I remember doing like an elementary school doing like a haiku unit and just like counting on my hands like damn it the word's too long. I hated it because I could never once I hyperfixate on a word I can't think of mm-hmm. anything else which is why wordle is always very hard for me. <laughs> I'm like I want it to be this word and I stick to it even though none yep. of the letters are anyway mm-hmm. a tangent. So chapter three, Apollo and Meg head uptown to try and see our boy Percy. Everyone is staring at Apollo because he looks like he just got mugged and he smells like garbage. Apollo, of course, has a whole inner monologue of being like, oh, the mortals are looking at me. They sense my godliness. Apollo takes this time to examine his new mortal look. So he's and also kind of tells us readers what he should be looking like in case we're still imagining Apollo. He's a 16-year-old dork. He has curly dark hair, blue eyes, and to his horror, teenage acne. (laughs) To add insult to injury, Apollo discovers he's not ripped. He's used to having his eight-pack, and now he's got a normal teenage boy body, and his humiliation is like, knows no bounds. On their way over, Apollo tries to get more information from Meg about herself. She's kind of very go with the flow. She doesn't seem to be phased by anything that's happening. And she also has no idea what Camp Half-Blood is. She also won't talk about her past. She's just like, the alleyway is my home. Which Apollo, who, you know, at one point was an adult, knows that's not a real thing. And asks about her family and her friends and where she grew up. But she won't give him any information. As Apollo thinks about his weakened states, he hints that he has, like, many enemies. He's been around for 4,000 years. But there's one in particular that he thinks would be detrimental to meet in his weakened state. He doesn't say who it is. He's like, as long as he doesn't find me. And then the thought is so scary, he forces himself to stop thinking about it. Apollo recognizes Paul's blue Prius, which still has the Pegasus hoof print dented into the hood. I'm like, go go get that fixed, Paul. I think it, Paul yeah. probably keeps it as like a like a an award. A I mean, that's true. 
He's like, see, there's proof. Anytime he starts to feel a little crazy about everything Percy talks about, he looks out at the car and is like, yeah. Yeah, I was and I'm not being gaslighted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he knows that they're close to Percy's house, but he can't exactly pinpoint where it is because every time apparently he's come to Percy's house, which I didn't know he'd ever been to Percy's house, <laughs> he's done it via chariot in the sky. Mm. Meg mentions she thinks she saw some shiny blobs following them, and she says that super calmly. Apollo wants to know why she didn't mention anything before or did not freak out, and she says that weird things happen to her all the time, so she wasn't alarmed by it, and she's only mentioning it now. Apollo is terrified. He's thinking it might be some spirits. He knows she's not lying, and she probably did see blobs, and he's used to, you know, things haunting him, so he runs over to Percy's door. As Apollo rings the bell to the building, he himself sees something like a flash of a blob, and he's pretty sure he's got a spirit attached to him, and they quickly enter Percy's apartment. Percy opens the door and immediately is upset to see Apollo standing in front of him. My favorite thing is he opens the go- door and just goes, why? <laughs> he sees like, Apollo. No. <laughs> he invites them inside, though he's annoyed to have Apollo at his door. I love that. I love Percy being just like jaded and like, I am done helping you guys. Just let me live. Well, the comedy too is Apollo's really deluded in the entire, you know, narration from Mm -hmm. himself. So he's like, Percy is like in love with me. He (laughs) thinks I'm the coolest person ever. He's going to be so thrilled to see me. I taught him everything he knows. And Percy opens the door and goes, dear God, why? Why you? (laughs) Yes. And like, we know we're like, Percy does not love you, man, as we're reading it. It's great. All right, so chapter four, Casa de Jackson. No gold-plated throne for guests. Seriously, dude? Hmm. Okay, why is there Spanish? I don't know. (laughs) Rick loves Spanglish, remember? He really does. I think he took Spanish in high school, and he was really flexing on his knowledge here. Yeah, maybe his kid was, like, taking Spanish in high school at the time, and he was like, Oh. I know. I got a couple couple words in my belt. Some vocab words. Yeah. He's testing his kid for a spelling test. Yeah. (laughs) That means house. He's pocketing these words to use later. Mm -hmm. Torture us all. I mean, nothing's worse than Leo's Spanglish, so yeah. <laughs> at least that's not yeah. happening right now. Well, just wait. <laughs> oh, God. Well, if it's not his own narration, is he still going to use Spanglish? Like, just in wait. his speaking voice? <laughs> like, he's going to talk in yeah. Spanglish yeah. to people who don't speak Spanish? Yes. I would never do that. Yeah, well, Leo <laughs> would Leo's an asshole, apparently. (laughs) Okay, so Apollo catches Percy up a little bit on his punishment, and then we get to see the love of our lives, Sally Jackson, and she's seven months pregnant. I was floored by this. I was like, good for her. her." I mean, she's at most, what, 30? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she was 19 when she... Oh, wait, that's wrong. She was 19 when she had... Percy and Percy's what, like sixteen? Six. He's supposed to be. So she's in her mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. She and Paul are having a baby. Can you imagine though? Like Percy was on his whole quest thing while she was pregnant. Like he probably came home and she was like 
five months pregnant and he was like what happened while I was gone (laughs) well it's also must have been like can you imagine her emotions her hormones she's missing one kid and she's supposed to have another yeah well poor Sally well this is an interesting turn of events because while Apollo like us admires Sally's good looks he realizes that his mortal brain won't let him see her as anything but like an older mom figure so he's like so Hawaii Rick is like making sure that we keep everything age appropriate. Yeah. Like we don't need Apollo monologuing about like, damn girl, you're, you know, you're in your late thirties. Because <laughs> if it was like true to a, a real Apollo, he'd be like wanting to have sex with everyone. <laughs> everyone, it would be like Meg, Percy, <laughs> be like Sally, children, adults. It would be really disturbing. It would not be appropriate for no. any ages to read. No. So Rick is like, okay, this is how we're going to cap that. Moving on. Yep. Um, So Sally gently checks over Apollo's wounds and sends him to take a shower, get bandaged, and wear some of Percy's old clothes. She also does the same thing to Meg, who does not run away surprising Apollo when Sally holds her face, which is like clearly an orphan who's craving some love, and Sally definitely understands that. In the bathroom, being given a Led Zeppelin shirt by Percy, which... Apollo hints that it's because he fell from the sky and Percy has a horrible sense of humor. Um, Apollo notes that his wounds are healing a lot faster than a normal human, but definitely not as fast as like a god's would, which is like also he has blood, he bleeds, which he was really shocked about too. He goes to Percy's room and they discuss a plan. To Apollo's surprise, Percy does not want to get involved in anything more than driving Meg and Apollo to camp. Apparently, he's made a promise to Annabeth that he will not miss any more school. Thanks to Hera, he missed a whole semester of his junior year and has spent the last, you know, couple of months trying to play catch up so that he can attend college with Annabeth in the fall. Percy also wants to be around for the birth of his baby sister. It's a little girl. I was like, I was, it was four o'clock in the morning. I was reading this book and I was like, my jaw was dropped because I had no idea. I have seen like people being like Percy's sister. And I was like, what a weird canon for you guys. You're like, okay, fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) did not expect it at all. You're going to just be reading this and realize everything you thought was like fan fiction head canons were like from Trials of Apollo or something. hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm very excited to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. But basically, Percy has a lot of things going on. He's already been in two really life-risking big prophecies. He cannot find himself in a third one. He is tired. He wants to go to college with his girlfriend. <laughs> and he just wants to be around for his mom, who is about to release her novel. She's, she's really doing it for herself. I want to read her novels. I, I really love our, our headcanon that they're romance novels about <laughs> having sex with a god. It's specifically to Poseidon. And yeah. she's got accurate information, too. Yeah. Apollo is confused at first because he's like, don't you want the honor and the glory? But also kind of understands and decides that he will figure it out once they go to camp. And that's how that chapter ends. I think Apollo clearly wanted Percy to be the demigod to, he was serving because Percy's probably like a celebrity. Oh, well, he's a big celebrity. The gods don't have cele- like their celebrities to themselves, but he's probably like the most hero demigod alive. 
Yeah, and especially of that generation. Mm-hmm. So if you're, and also like for Apollo, he's got his ego thing. So to be able to say like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I served under Percy, at least he could yep. say that. And for sure he's crushing on Percy. Oh, yeah. Aren't we all? I know, that's true. Especially if he's stuck as a teen, he's the same age as Percy. Yeah, so, and then her brain, his brain will allow it to happen. Yes, so yes, I'm sure that his his god brain did not stop him, and he just didn't get his perspective in the PJO series, thank god. True, true. Um, so my notes is that I'm glad he made Apollo's voice very different from Percy's. Like, yeah. they did the same, like, first-person POV, but it's, like, a bit, it's clearly a very different character. Yeah. Like, Apollo is very obnoxious and unintentionally funny, whereas mm-hmm. Percy's endearing and hilarious on purpose. So, it, yeah. it's a good balance. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It, it makes it extra funny, like, reading his perspective and knowing it's so biased. And, like, he's such an unreliable narrator with his view of how everyone thinks of him. Yes. It's very fun. Um, I am also very proud of our girl Sally. Yeah. I was reading it and very happy. So I'm glad that like the update that we get is with him with his mom because I feel like the Heroes of Olympus was a lot of he disappeared and he's like, oh shit, my mom doesn't know. I should I call am. her. Yeah, and um, oh, and I had a prediction. So obviously, oh. the next couple chapters are going to be Percy taking Meg and Apollo to camp. Mm-hmm. I think Percy's going to get hurt on his mm. way to camp, or he's going to have to, for some reason, he's not going to be able to take them all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a similar way to where when Percy was trying to go to camp, like Grover and his mom were trying yeah. to take him, he mm-hmm. got stopped all right before he got to camp, and he mm-hmm. had to kind of figure it out. Because that way uh, he gets a little bit of fighting experience because we haven't mm. had any real good fight scenes yet. So. Yeah. That's yeah. my theory. I like it. Um, I think Apollo's powers, I think he has more powers than he knows. Mm. He's just going to have to train to figure out what they are. I don't think he's fully mortal. I also mm-hmm. don't know who Meg's godly parent is. Because mm-hmm. rotting mm-hmm. fruit, mm-hmm. kind of like fruit, I was like, oh, if it was grapes, it would be Dionysus. Rotting mm-hmm. fruit, I have no idea. Maybe... Demeter, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll find out. We'll so, find out. Yeah, I feel like there'll be more signs as they as they battle or whatever they do. Yeah, exciting. All right, all right. Well, are you ready to go through some questions? Let's do it. Mm. All righty. My first question is: Which god would you like you like to punish and trap in a mortal body? Oh, well, hundred percent Zeus. Yeah. But he needs to be trapped. I think it would be very interesting if he got trapped in a woman's body. Ooh, because I was going to say, like, Zeus could be a liability as a man. Like, he'd be a little <laughs> scary. But in a woman's yeah. body, that's interesting. A woman's body and, like, yeah, a woman's body and he'd have to feel the fear that maybe he inflicts. Ooh. Of the un- being unsafe. Mm-hmm. But like, part of me thinks that he would turn into a god and be like, "Well, that doesn't apply to me anymore." But yeah, that's that's one. Um, to be fair, any of the men, right? <laughs> what about you? 
I was thinking Hera would be interesting because, you know, like, this isn't a punishment for the events of the last book, but I think Hera is, like, just as responsible. But I think that Rick was like, I can't make Hera likable. I can't write five (laughs) books from Hera's point of view. But I would love to see her struggling just to do, like, normal things, normal human things. I think that'd be fun. And also Also, any of the men. Yeah. Also, I feel like as, like, a young adult book, Having Hera's main POV be about her struggling marriage. I feel like yeah. that would be hard to relate to. No one would care. No. And it's not like she could like get a new him. romance. Her whole thing is no. like marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. At the actually the end of the series, she decides to give up on marriage altogether. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've forsaken it. She gets with like Aphrodite instead. Yeah. She mixes it up a little bit. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'd read it. Okay, we got this one emailed. Lexi asked, now that we've read the start of Trials of Apollo and Heroes of Olympus and Percy Jackson, what was our favorite opening line out of these series? And they provided the four, the three opening lines so we don't have to look it up. So Percy Jackson, it's look, I didn't want to be a half-blood. Heroes of Olympus, even before he got electrocuted, Jason was having a rotten day. And Trials of Apollo, my name is Apollo, I used to be a god. Oh, I mean, classic PJO. Yeah. I didn't want to be a half Agree. Agree. Yeah. The other two are really good. Like, the electrocuted one is hilarious. I loved it and then was like, oh, okay, this is Jason. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I think same. I liked it. I didn't want to be a half-blood. I like that my name is Apollo. I used to be a god. The the Heroes of Olympus one, I feel like he could do better, you know? Mm -hmm. Rick's done better with the other ones, but it's fine. (laughs) all right well my question is if you were zeus what other name besides lester would you give your bratty son to annoy him Mm -hmm. olaf oh interesting but i feel like olaf is a name though right right well that's like lester's a name yeah but like lester is i feel like less common than olaf depending on the place i don't know that's true if we were in like germany olaf would be yeah popular I just thought of that one because our one of our friends at the New Year's party was talking about how she would have been named Olaf. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what her dad <laughs> wanted to name her. <laughs> Thank God she's a girl. <laughs> no. Um, I'm trying to think what other names are like. I just feel bad. What if I insult someone with? That I name? know that's why I was like you trying know? to say like. Like, Chad's I mean, I, funny. Chad is Chad funny. Chad is funny. But yeah. I feel like Apollo would have embraced Chad. He would have thought it was a good name because Apollo's yeah, kind like, of a Chad. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking, like, going a bit more feminine, like, giving mm. him a girl's name, like, Leslie, yeah. which is still a boys are named Leslie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or... A good one, I... <laughs> I nannied a kid once whose name, his given first name was Longstreet, <laughs> which would be a good name to give someone as punishment. Oh, I loved that kid, though. He was so, he was such a nice kid. He was so sweet. I just, what a name. Well, you know, that's more effective for the parents than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They raised him well. They just gave him an interesting name. Well, here's a second unrelated question. 
Um, oh. Do you have a name that you were going to be named before oh. you were chosen to be Aaron? If I was a boy, my name was going to be Sean. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and my middle name was supposed to was going to be Alan because my parents didn't find out my my sex before I was born, so they had like two names picked out. I'm really glad I was a girl. Sean Allen. Oh, isn't that God. interesting? <laughs> it's isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah. Like Do you have a name? You were almost named. Yeah. So they didn't. My parents didn't find out the sex either, which mm-hmm. you would think they had a boy's name, but I think they were very. Uh, they knew. My mom was kind of, she was like manifesting a girl, mm-hmm. so she That's didn't true. even think of it. She was like, I think I was going to be Gaurav if I was a boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they had two names picked out for me. Well, three names picked out for me if I was a girl. Oh, wow. Um, my dad really liked Gauri, mm-hmm. which was like an older name. Um, mm-hmm. But and like that's my great-grandma's name. Oh, um, cool. This is all because of my brother. They're like, we wanted matching. It sounds names. good with your brother's name. Yeah. yeah. The G's, yeah. And then my mom really wanted to name me Siri. Oh. That would have been and interesting with the invention it, of Apple's Siri. Yeah, especially, like, it's totally normal in India. Yeah, it's a very common have ruined name. my life as a, like, a eighth grader in yeah. Washington State. Yeah. Yeah, because people were, like, really into using Siri when we yeah. were in like eighth grade because it was new. Yeah. Mm. Well, hundred percent. They would have been like, they would have called her and, you know, been like, Hey Siri, ask me a question. And done yeah. Bit, oh, that would have been awful. Thing. I bet kids yeah. got bullied. Oh God. Oh, well, they find a reason to bully all the kids. I mean, right? true. There's nothing you can really do about it. True. Um, and then Monisa, they decided mm-hmm. Monisa. It was like the name my mom had picked out when she was younger. So she oh, that's so cute. Pocket. Yeah. I love that. Sean Allen. I know. It sounds like an old man. <laughs> sounds like a middle-aged man. Sounds like you run a hedge fund. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Both Sean and Aaron are, like, very Irish names, though. And, like, I'm not that, that like, genetic. Like, it's just on my dad's side. It's not like we're, like, Irish. I don't know what was going on, but I'm glad I'm Aaron and not Sean. Me too. <laughs> you know, you could have been Aaron as a boy too. I know they could have just kept it. Yeah, just spell I don't know. it different. That's easier. Like just Sean. pick one name. Yeah, mm. it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they had all girls. My sister is gonna yes. be named Tanner. So, oh god, which isn't My bad. I just like be... knew a Tanner. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, and I knew a couple Shans, and like. None of them were good news, you know? No, that's true. <laughs> My brother was going to be Siddharth. Okay. But he, my mom's friend had a baby like two months before my mom had and named, my brother, named mm-hmm. him uh, Siddharth. And so my mom was like, well, we can't have the same name. Yeah, you so can't copy. She, she's like, instead of the first name of Buddha, we're taking the second name of Buddha. So his name is Gautam. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Nice. All right. That was well, a tangent. Chapter- Ooh, that was that would a be fun question to put out. Like, what were you almost named? Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I did not fun. know that about Mary. <laughs> so good to know. Olaf, just call, we should just start calling her that now. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, next time we'll be going through chapters five through eight. So we'll be heading to camp. Who knows if we'll get there? I certainly don't. and if you are interested in supporting us the link to the patreon is in the episode description as well as a link to send an audio message 
social media, you can reach us at Camp Half Pod. Email is camphalfpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag your spoilers or yes. include it in the subject line. You want to make this as authentic as possible. I promise I will scream every time I get a new, um, yeah. you get to a new part. So it'll make it exciting for your ears. Yeah, we've already got, like, there was a one earlier like last week or the week before because i posted on instagram like what are your hot takes and someone commented theirs that was a spoiler and i immediately was like delete and then i was like hopefully they don't think i like i'm offended by their opinion i just like (laughs) anyways uh don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to the podcast all right see you next week